Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Alina and Olivia Pitts are two of the coolest girls we know. Their father, Jonathan Pitts, was a guest in season three of the podcast. They now carry the legacy, kindness, and warmth of their mom, Winter Pitts, out into the world through the ministry she started for girls like you, as well as writing, acting, and speaking. By the way, they're 18 and 13 years old. We hope you'll invite your teens and tweens to listen in and be encouraged with you as we talk with these incredible girls. I'm so excited about this conversation. I selfishly, David, I'm sorry I'm leaving you out of this, but I have two of my favorite people in the room, (laughs) and that is not any exaggeration at all. We are getting to sit with Alina and Olivia Pitts, and we talked about y'all coming to do this because I just think you're both amazing, and I trust your voices, and I trust your heart, and I trust the truth that I think God has placed deeply inside of you that... I know that you share with the world in a lot of different capacities. And so we really feel like there are things that we say to parents over and over and over, but when a kid can say them to a parent, parents hear it so differently. And so we were talking about how fun it would be to have some people under the age of, I was about to say 18, but Elena, how old are you? I'm 18. (laughs) Under the age of 19. Wow, that's crazy. Recently. Yes. Yes. So more y'all's age-ish, who can help parents on what kids are dealing with today, because it is hard. Parents feel lost and confused and overwhelmed, and I think kids feel lost and confused and overwhelmed, even if we were not talking about a pandemic, just (laughs) emotionally. I mean, I feel like y'all are probably seeing it, the depression and anxiety. I mean, so many things going on, and then we threw a pandemic in it, and it just got worse. And so for y'all to be able to talk about where people are and what they need, We're just so excited about all of that. And we've had your dad on before, and he did a great job a long time ago. He was one of our first guests. He was. Talking about parenting. And so I would Mm -hmm. love just if y'all would jump in and introduce yourselves and say grades, whatever you want to say about yourself. I'm Alina. I'm 18. I just graduated high school. You finished? Yes. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to finish before my birthday so I can be done. That's so good. Now I'm done. I am the daughter of Jonathan Pitts. And yeah, I from Texas, lived in Nashville for three years now, four years. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> hey, I'm Olivia, and I'm about to turn 13 in a couple of weeks, actually. And I'm in seventh grade. School's ending soon, which is really exciting. <laughs> so when y'all think about being on a parenting podcast, how do you feel just about the process of doing it? I was really excited because I've never done like anything like this. Well, I've done Uh stuff like this, but like not a podcast before. So I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, I was excited that Lovey was doing it with me because usually I do stuff like this by myself. And so I was like, it was fun to drag Lovey with me and not have to do it alone. <laughs> and will you explain when you said Lovey? Yes. Oh, sorry. I call Olivia Lovey. That's what everyone calls her pretty much. <laughs> right nickname. Yeah. And you both are, I mean, I could say you're both really artistic and creative. And are you, have you had your play? Are you about to have your play? I've, oh. Well, it just got canceled yesterday, no. actually. So sad. So. But shoot. Lovey is a beast in theater and all the things, musicals. Yeah. <laughs> and you are a beast in not musicals, <laughs> all things music, but I take was about out to say, music, writing, speaking. Thanks. Yeah, you just God has gifted you both in such significant ways. So very fun to get to talk to you. If y'all had to say one thing that you think is harder about growing up today than has ever been before, what would you each say? The answer to that. Lovey said something really funny earlier. We were looking at the questions. What did you say when you said? You're like, well, oh, I've never. Well, I don't really, I haven't really grown up like before this. <laughs> That's a great I mean, point. Thank like, you. <laughs> I'm still, I still feel like pretty young and everything. Yeah. Like, I'm only like 12 years old. So <laughs> I don't really know, but I probably just would say like the world's really different, mm. I feel like, than it used to be, like with the pandemic and everything. And then just like so many different worldviews that I'm just learning about in school and everything, too. It's just really, like different, mm. but I would probably say like most of the pandemic and everything was hard on like some people. How do you see it impacting? Like, what do you feel like has been the biggest impact of the pandemic um, with your friends? I don't really struggle with anxiety like that, but some of my friends, one of my friends in particular struggles with anxiety, I think, and just trauma from the pandemic and other things that happened to her when she was younger. So I see it affecting my friends every day at school. Mm, yeah. Thank you. That's a great answer. Melina, what would you say? I'd piggyback off Lovey and say, like, yeah, I haven't grown up before. First time. So <laughs> this is You're a newbie. new. Um, I think, of course, like you add technology and all the new things, yes. which make an impact. I think probably the further and further we get away from, like, Jesus' time, the further and further we get away from the way things were should be or just knowing who we are identity theology mm. all the things which can be really confusing for people growing up because it's really confusing a lot of my friends are confused and yeah. trying to balance all these different complex views because nothing is black and white and I maybe we were like under some silly idea that like things were black and white at one point but mm. I really don't think they were but maybe mm. just now more than ever we're realizing like things are complex and really hard and and also I think it's hard having parents your parents are growing up too. So maybe yeah. this is for everyone, but you have parents who are also growing up mm. um, no matter how old they are. And so that can also be a challenge just because you're growing up, but they're also growing up, but they're supposed to be the adults and that's hard. So I think, I don't know, there's lots of reasons why it would be hard. And then you throw yeah. in a pandemic as yes. well. <laughs> I love that you're aware of that. That's so yeah. true. So in light of there being such complexity and a lot of gray and a lot of, what was the word you used? Worldviews. Yeah. I mean, knowing that all of that's happening, what do y'all feel like parents can do in light of that? How do y'all feel like parents can open up conversations and have conversations and it not just be like y'all are figuring out the worldviews and they don't have any kind of connection to you in the midst of it or even know what you're thinking? Are there things that y'all think can help? I think just to be open with how they're feeling and not feel like they have to hide their fears and just like 
the thoughts that they have, but to be open and have like conversations because those can honestly lead to like deeper things. And then you have a better understanding of each other Mm. and what each other are feeling so you can communicate better. So I think not to like hide your fears, not even fears, but like worries and just things going on in the world that you're thinking about and just to be open about them. And yeah. 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 I'd say it's a balance because my dad's thing is I want my kids to be innocent and keep their like naivety when they're young. Like that's the whole point of being a child. But also like if we don't hear from our parents, we'll hear it from someone else, which is harder because then it's confusing. So I think a balance of like vulnerability, but also of course being strong for your family, but also being very open and letting your kids know how you feel. And also I think there's a real beauty about humility, like Mm. as in parenting, just as far as worldviews and things go, it's really to not respond in fear or if fear is what you feel to be honest about that because otherwise it comes off as like ignorant because we're in it. And so to us, there's lots of things that we're probably much more accepting of or open about or just less like fearful about. And Mm -hmm. so I think for parents to not respond in fear is really helpful for kids trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's a great word. Yeah. I love that. And you all even building on that, We sit with a lot of parents of teenagers who sometimes will say things like, I know what it's like to be a teenager. I was one. (laughs) And I'm always challenging parents to say, no, you don't know what it was like to be a teenager right now. What would you say parents need to know about what it's like to be a teenager right now? I think it's really isolating. Mm. I think much more isolating than it used to be. Like now everything is very accessible and you can do it literally from the bed. You can text your friend, you can be somewhere that you're not, you can read and like all the things just in your house and not really have to go out, which is like kind of okay with me because I'm an extreme introvert, but I think it can lead to loneliness. And so I think that there is a plague of like loneliness on teenagers. Um, You could be surrounded by like lots of people and go to parties and, but still feel very alone, which I think is different than maybe back then. But I also have no idea because I wasn't back then. (laughs) So how would a parent communicate to you that they see that, know that? What could they say? Empathy. Because there's not really anything you can do to fix it. I guess create community within the family Mm. in a non-cheesy way, which is kind of (laughs) hard. (laughs) But like, I think with family, it can be cheesy, but more so with friends, kind of like they can leave that part out. But I think (laughs) I was reading something and this mom was like, if your kids have like a great family and or friends with their siblings. Like it doesn't matter who accepts them or who denies them or who. Mm. So I think to build a really strong family routine of making sure there's no loneliness within the house. And then from that, we can be the leaders of community outside of it. Yeah. What would you say at your age now that you need the most from grownups who love you? Just probably to know that they care and that they see us or me personally. And, like, my dad tells me this all the time, like, that he, like, sees me and he hears me and he loves me. So just to be, like, reminded that over and over, because I think sometimes it you can forget because you just get lost in your feelings. Like, that's probably one of the last things that come to mind when you think about, like, oh, I just feel, like, lonely right now and nobody sees me. Like, you're probably not going to—for me, I'm not going to remember that, like, my dad said that. So just, like, to be reminded that over and over so that I can, like— remember that. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Like a continual longing for him to want to understand you and like always be trying to figure out how to understand you like better. I'd agree. There's nothing I like more than when my dad 
pursues me, but not in a like annoying way, more of a like, I'm here and I love you and I'll just come knock on your door and say hi, but I'm not going to stick around unless you ask me to stick around. And like, I appreciate that. It feels very Christ-like and Mm. I feel very seen when he wants to understand me and is slower to speak, Mm. quicker to listen. And in that, I learn how to be slower to speak, quicker to listen. Yeah. Mm. What does it look like from a practical stance of being pursued by a parent and even specifically a dad as a girl? Since we were really little, our dad would always take us on daddy dates mm-hmm. where he'd just like go with us and take us out to dinner or just do something that we like to do. Even if it's just like going to get boba from a boba shop or something like that. I which boba. He, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And so when he knows that I like boba and he'll take me to go get boba and ask me like, what are you doing this afternoon? Like, do you want to go hang out and we can just talk? And so, yeah, just like, Making time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even if he just, like you said, like comes and says hi or like lays in my bed with me before I go to sleep, like that's just really always sweet and makes me feel loved. Mm. Yeah, making time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a big one. I'm so grateful that both of you have had such a voice in the lives of a lot of girls in this mm. world. And we didn't even say that, <laughs> that y'all have books and. All kinds of things. <laughs> We're going to tell people where to find yeah, those in a few minutes, we'll too. To and as I think about that, we talked a few minutes ago about what you wish parents would know. What's something that you wish every girl could know? What's something you would want to say to girls either your age or younger? That's hard. There's lots of things, and there's lots of things that I think tween girls hear all the time. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the most, I don't know, prominent and effective one. This is so cheesy, but you are loved. Mm-hmm. I just want to know they're loved. All ages. Yeah. No matter what. Always. Yeah. Kind of what Lena said, just like someone sees you. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's not the person you want to see you, like someone sees you and someone understands you. Mm-hmm. Someone knows what you're going through and they see you like going through that. So probably that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of love and a lot of empathy, both. Yeah. And a lot of listening, it sounds like. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible? Written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, the Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gomeno.com. That's shop.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. So faith, Wes, which I know is important to both of you, what would y'all say over your growing up years? What's really helped you grow in your faith from your parents specifically, but also just in life? What has helped that? Um, foundational for y'all. So our family's been like very spiritual and like been through a lot and everything. And so I think that even sometimes this can get really annoying. Like if I want to go to bed or like I want to do something before like the night is over, just like sitting down after dinner and having like family devotionals or just family talks really helps. I think like even my uncle came in town like a couple weeks ago 
my dad asked him to like do like a devotional or something. And he just told like a couple stories of things he's been through. And so just hearing like different perspectives of things and just reading like books with the family or stuff like that really helped me grow in my faith. Cause like, oh, like God was with him when he went to college or just something like that. So I think that just like sitting down and having devotionals or talks really has helped me, especially. Mm. Yeah, that's a good answer. Mine's a little morbid. I think what's helped me grow most, I was thinking about this earlier, like, yes, my dad's example and our family's example, but also he's kind of released me in responsibility for my own faith. And so he leads his house like in a manner that is... Christian and spiritual, but he kind of gives us the freedom to take it or leave it. We show up to the table and we read the Bible, but also like there's a freedom to choose what you want to believe. And a part of it is like life experiences. Our mom died three years ago, four years ago. And for me, that has been probably the most influential thing in my faith, Mm -hmm. all the doubting and all the fears (laughs) and the not understanding, like that has grown my faith the most. And then also just When I look to my dad, he's there, but he's also allowing me to freely explore that area and learn, which I think requires him to fully believe that God is after my heart and cares about me. Because at some point, like he does have to kind of release control, which has helped me kind of be more interested in God than I was when he was in control. Mm. Yeah, it's just more fun to do it, to just be released into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it gives you a lot of freedom to discover. Yeah, through your own life and experience and pain, um, who got us to you in a different way. Yeah. You have really searched. Do you think there's anything that's made you want to do that more? Because you could have gone different directions with it. I think I have tried other things, and it's never fulfilling. And also, what your parents instill in you, like, doesn't leave you. And so at the end of the day, I do remember, like, Oh, my dad like talks about this God who's like the creator and, you know, cares about me and loves me. Let me try him out. (laughs) So I think that has helped me. And then I also think there's this inner longing in all of us I'm discovering Mm. for things to be right. There's like a, I don't know, like maybe it's just the way we're created. There's a longing for heaven. And so that longing hasn't shut up. And so I'm... I think that's what's drawn me to him is Mm -hmm. just this longing that's beyond myself. Yeah. Thank you. There are so many voices in your world today and it's easy for them to compete with each other. And so what would you say makes you want to hear and follow God's in comparison to the others? For me, like, There's a lot of things that I'd rather do sometimes than like to read the Bible. Like I'd rather like, sometimes I'd rather watch a show in my bed or Uh, FaceTime my friend or something. And so a couple weeks ago, I think it was, I read 1 Samuel, I think, about Hannah and like her son. And she prayed and I was like, wow, I want to have like a faith like Hannah. Like I want to, I want to be earnest is that yeah like I want to be earnest word. to talk to God like I want I want God mm-hmm. so I just started mm-hmm. praying for that and so I just would pray like every day like God would you give me like the heart to want you would you like draw me near to you would you would you give me this want for you that like mm-hmm. 
that just overrules everything else. And so I think that like praying that over and over actually helped me. I started waking up earlier so I could have time to read my Bible. And so I started like looking forward to that time when I woke up in the morning. I just made like a prayer, like prayed that every day. It was like, God, would you like make me want you? Because mm. I want to want you. Yeah. You know? Love you. That's beautiful. Mm. You so proud of her hearing her say that? Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> For me, one, I think it definitely came with age. I don't know if that's encouraging to parents, but I think the mm. older a teen gets, the scarier life gets, and the more they realize like, oh, I should probably like tune in to a voice other than my phone or whatever. And I think for me, because this is a parenting podcast, I would encourage parents, what my dad has done is like limit the voices that are allowed inside of our home so that there's not even like a it's not normal for there to be lots of voices in our home. And so he's limited, whether that's like screen time or just saying, yeah, what like does that, that mean specifically? Do you think? It kind of meant like for me, kind of as my sisters have gotten older and I've started to leave the house, I find that parents kind of like ease up. <laughs> <laughs> but I was never allowed to have my phone in my room. Instagram was like, I had to ask to look at it or I had to mm-hmm. like be in with someone so that it wasn't like I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Mm. And so I think limiting the voices within a home it kind of like tunes your ear to hear what's necessary to be heard. And then when you go out, like you hear the fun things, but like where you come back to is kind of where all the voices that you need to hear reside in. I didn't realize that until now. I was just like, why do they have my phone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was annoyed right. and right. it was weird. But looking back, I'm very grateful. And then, yeah, with age and also Levy, that was really good. Just I want God. And yeah. he hears that, like asking for that, wanting to desire him. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, we get a lot of questions about siblings. <laughs> what is something that your parents have done over the years that helped you get along with each other and your other sisters as well? We didn't say that. You do have some other siblings. We have two yes. other sisters. Yes. There's four of us yes. girls. And Olivia, you're? A twin. Yes. But she's a baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you have a lot to say to this question. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So for me, I just got my own room because we redid our house. And I used to share a room with my twin sister, Cameron. And so I think that that was like a great bonding time. But it also was like we fought a lot more. Just like clean up your stuff or just like stuff like that. Like having to share a room with her was actually really fun because like we would talk sometimes before we went to bed. And it was almost like a sleepover every night Mm. with someone that I really love. And so it was really fun. But it's also like fun having my own freedom now because I like to stay up later and she likes to go to bed. And so we don't fight now as much as we did. And so I think that also helped. And then also... Our dad, whenever we would fight, when we were like, he hasn't really done it. Um, I had to do it the other day, actually. I have to do it a lot because (laughs) I'm a butt. Okay, go ahead. Um, (laughs) Well, I haven't really done it in a while, but whenever we used to fight, he would make us hug for like two minutes or five, like however. And if we like kept fighting while we were hugging, he would just set the timer longer. Oh, it's terrible. And it's really (laughs) annoying. But then you, it ends the fight in like laughter because we're like, mm. you're so annoying. You're just like cracking up because it's just so annoying when he does it. But yeah, so that's a great discipline. That is <laughs> it's a very great, annoying. Yeah. I think but it ends in laughter. So. It's taught us how to resolve conflict really quickly. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, like it's not allowed to just like linger, linger. ever. Uh-huh. He didn't really tolerate that. 
And he like instilled a conscience within us that was like always ask for forgiveness. So mm. sometimes like I didn't even do anything wrong and I'll be asking for forgiveness from Lovey yeah. because I just want us to be good. <laughs> but me and Lovey, we fight the most probably out of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the but two of you do with each other? We butt heads yes. a lot. Yeah. Do I think because I'm the oldest and she's the baby. And to me, I'm just like, you're so spoiled. And she's like, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop parenting me. I feel like yeah. y'all are similar. Sometimes. We're very similar. We yeah. bond really well, but we also fight the most. But it's not like long stuff. It's just simple stuff. Like when you steal my soap or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. But you had to hug someone besides Lovey recently. Cameron all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a really nice way of, I guess, learning how to get along. But also like my mom was really, we were not allowed to not get along. She'd just be like, you're stuck with them for life. Everyone else will fail you, but your sister will always be there. And she just kind of instilled that in, in us and didn't really tolerate, like, not getting along. And don't get it wrong, like, we fight all the time. Like, I think people have, like, a picture of, like, little women in their mind when they think of, like, oh, four sisters. <laughs> so we are, like, the rowdiest. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're awful. And so <laughs> we do fight a lot, but it's quickly resolved mm. and not intense ever. And you would have each other's back, don't you? Think, yeah. In a moment, we'll be fighting, and we'll, and then someone will start defending someone, and we're like, "Wait, who's fighting?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all really have worked on so many different projects. The two of you, the four of you, we all talk about some of those and where people can find you. Yeah. So, my mom started a ministry when I was seven called For Girls Like You, and it's basically four girls of all ages from all places, just instilling them with the love of Jesus, but in a way that's, and community. So just in a way that's like good for girls, but not cheesy, but really good for them and enjoyable. And so she started a magazine from there, wrote lots of books. And we are kind of just a part of that because it was made for us originally. And so it's always hard for me to talk about it because I'm like, it's kind of like my sibling. I don't really know how to like explain it because I grew up in it. But through that, we've done lots of projects and things and just been a huge part of the ministry, especially now that she's passed away. And so you can find that. <laughs> you both have written books, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, that too. Yeah. Written books and Lean on the Spotlight and then the Daniel Sisters series. You can talk about that. <laughs> What's the name of it? We said again? It's called the Daniel Sisters series. And so we all three wrote like a book, kind of. We had someone help us, but we like were like the inspiration of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. find that. What's anywhere the books are sold. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You can find the books anywhere yeah. books are sold. But if you wanted to see more about For Girls Like You, you can go to forgirlslikeyou.com. You can go to their Instagram, which is also For Girls Like You, F-O-R, For Girls Like You. And anywhere and books we are, are sold, such, the resources we are. send people that direction all the time. We love yeah. Yes, we do. If you have girls, you need to. What ages would you say particularly it's for? Nine to 12, 13. It depends. You can kind of sway eight to 12, eight to 13. So if you have girls in this window, we would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Just tween girls. Whatever whatever tween is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And since you're going to want to check out For Girls Like You magazine, we want to help. Use code RAISINGBG for $5 off your subscription at checkout. Just head over to forgirlslikeyou.com and we'll put the link in our show notes. Okay, we like to end with something fun and we're big fans of tacos around here. If we 
had the chance to have some tacos with you all, what would your favorite be? I don't really know. I switch it up like every time. I really like burritos, but anything with like steak, guac, pico, cheese, just yeah. that, yes. I guess. Good combo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We're from Texas, so y'all have tacos are like our second language. You just kind of yeah. you just kind of order them. There's this place in Texas called Fuel City and they have the best tacos of all time. Say it again. What's it Fuel called? Fuel City. It's I've literally heard a gas it's station. Really? Yeah. Yes, I've never heard of it. I have. Fuel it's a gas City. station and oh. it's they just have incredible tacos. In Dallas? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so wow. I'd probably get a Fuel City taco with guac, pico, cheese, steak or chicken, mm. cilantro. That sounds so good. Y'all, as you were talking, I was thinking about, I think you both know this, that your mom's podcast that she did with Courtney DeFeo. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Did y'all know I was the first guest? Oh, no. I didn't I was know her that. first guest. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? I know. And then we got to speak at an event together. So David was friends with your mom, too. Yes. Aww. Couldn't Amazing. have loved her more. Amazing I woman. I know. And just thinking how fun and full circle this feels mm-hmm. and how proud I know she is of you both. And yes. Just, ugh. Yeah, the difference y'all are making in the world, both of you. So thank you for sitting with us and doing this today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, y'all are amazing. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.